Life is an incredible archive of stories. If you do it right, or even if you do it wrong, just living long enough will supply you with a treasure trove of memorable adventures. The following memories take place over many decades. So settle in with a cold one and let me tell you a story. I loved being a magazine feature writer. Having said that, there were times when I liked it more than others. When I felt myself approaching burnout, I would take a break from magazine writing to work other jobs in my field. It was the equivalent of taking a staycation from my chosen profession. Star Magazine was one of those staycations. I had already made the decision not to write for them. I didn't want my byline appearing in a gossip publication. I probably could have used a different name, but the whole idea wasn't appealing to me. On the other hand, the money did appeal to me. I also liked that it wasn't a 9-to-5 grind. In fact, I was paid the same whether I worked 8 minutes or 8 hours a day. I never worked 8 hours. I took a job as a researcher. The job gave me a great deal of insight into how these magazines work. I also found it amusing that I would sometimes find articles with my byline while I was diving into the magazine's research file cabinets. Apparently, I was working for Star Magazine before I was working for Star Magazine. What most people don't realize is that a lot of the stories in these gossip magazines are a direct result of the powers that be in the executive offices sending down headlines that they think will get people to pay for whatever story is behind the glossy photo on the cover. It's up to the staff to find a story to match the headline. It's a little like the tail wagging the dog. On one such occasion, the headline came down about a fight on a very popular television show between two of the top stars. The two people in question were good friends and had never had a fight on the set. That, as I found out, was inconsequential to writing the story. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you know I've said that the crew knows the cast better than anyone. So if you go down and ask the crew if there have been any fights between cast members, you'll probably get at least one person who will voluntarily relate the story of a minor incident. If not, a few dollars can go a long way. In this particular instance, a crew member remembered a time when they had been working really long hours. Everyone was tired and on edge. If you've ever been in that situation, the best of friends can sometimes come to verbal blows with one another. It doesn't mean they're not still friends. It's just a perfect storm of fatigue, things not going right, and being around each other for 18 hours straight. As a result, there was a brief verbal confrontation between the two stars. It wasn't much of a fight, but that didn't matter as long as it backed up the headline. By the time the reader found that out, the magazine had already been purchased. Sometimes, actual stories were tailor-made for the magazine. There was the host of a children's show who was discovered committing a lewd act. There was no one else involved, but the resulting publicity had caused the actor to become a prisoner in his own home. He had several visitors, and it was my job to find out their identities. This was before the Internet. We had a reporter lurking in the bushes, writing down the license plates of all visitors. He would call me, and I would call a special phone number at the Department of Motor Vehicles. The person at the other end would tell me all the pertinent details of the current owner. 
I always wondered if this was a legitimate business deal or if the person at the other end of the phone was financing a future vacation escape to the Bahamas. This particular task was something anyone could do, and to be totally honest, many people did do. While it might have been considered a minor invasion of privacy, there were a lot of legitimate agencies that also had access to the same type of information. There are no guarantees of privacy when you get a license plate from the DMV. I didn't feel as if we were crossing any kind of ethical boundary. That was about to change. Word came down that a major celebrity's daughter was about to have a baby. That was common knowledge. The hospital where that baby would be born was also common knowledge, as it was in close proximity to her house. The prize was not a picture of the celebrity. The prize was a picture of the newborn baby. Because of my past years in a wheelchair, my knowledge of how to act in the chair and the hospital without looking out of place, the magazine editor wanted me in a wheelchair while another reporter, dressed as a nurse, pushed me in the proximity of the delivery room. The objective was to get a photo of the baby before our arrivals at the National Enquirer. This acting job was important because the Enquirer could fly reporters in from Florida with suitcases full of money. They could pay off someone to give them access to the newborn celebrity photo of the moment. We didn't have those suitcases. A few days before what was calculated to be the baby's due date, I went down to the hospital and did a reconnaissance of the battlefield. I reported back to the editor and was told to stand down and wait for the blessed event. A few days later, my phone rang at 7 a.m. It was my editor telling me that the mother-to-be was on her way to the hospital. I had anticipated the call and had been agonizing over it for quite some time. I didn't mind running an unknown license plate, but exploiting a baby and invading a mother's privacy for financial gain was an ethical red line I was reluctant to cross. About a half hour later, I called the editor back. I told him that I couldn't start my car. It was the only thing I could think of at the time. He told me they would pay for a taxi to the magazine's offices in Beverly Hills. From there, they would get me to the hospital in Santa Monica. Then he said seven words that would ultimately change the direction of my life. He said, you wanted to be a tabloid reporter. After I hung up the phone, I thought about those words. I hadn't gone to journalism school to become a tabloid reporter. I had taken this job specifically because I wasn't going to be a tabloid reporter. I had a reputation as a fair and truthful feature writer. I called him back. I told him I thought we were crossing an ethical red line and I couldn't do the assignment. I told him to find someone else, knowing this would mean the end of my job. In so many words, he told me that if I didn't do this, I would never work in this town again. That didn't really bother me because I had a pretty good reputation with some very good magazines. What I didn't realize until a few days later was that those seven words had become the final sentence in my Los Angeles story. The kicker of this story is that no one got a picture of the newborn baby. I had felt that the magazine business was changing for quite some time. I could see it in the subjects I was being sent out to interview. Some were only a few months removed from acting school. Because of a look, they found themselves on a hit TV show and became minor stars. They had taken a ride on an accidental train to fame. The problem for me was that creating a personality profile before that ride was like grasping a handful of smoke. 
I was still thinking about all of this while out on a date a few nights later. It was with a girl I had dated before, and she knew that she always had my undivided attention. That's the way I was with all my dates. If the Swedish bikini team had walked in without their bikinis, I wouldn't have noticed. This night was different, and she could tell. I must have zoned out for a second, because the next thing I heard was, You're not here, are you? I apologized and admitted that I was dealing with something that had happened a few days earlier. When she asked me what had happened, I told her. I also told her that I was beginning to become disillusioned with my writing career in Los Angeles. I mentioned that a friend of mine in Las Vegas was urging me to move there. Her answer surprised me. She said, Why don't you? Two weeks later, all my possessions were on a moving van heading towards the Nevada desert. I was leaving my feature writing career, my physical trials and tribulations, and my friends behind. But I had my memories and a few friends I had made during my infrequent visits to Vegas over the years. Once again, I was starting over. The next leg of my journey was just beginning. Until the journey brings us together once more, take care and stay safe.